right, today's date is... October 28th, 2019. All day long. All day long. And what are we talking about today, Mr. Today Brown? we're going to talk about condemnation versus conviction. That's a really good one. It is. It is, because it's getting confused. Yeah, because condemnation is what the accuser brings to us. That conviction dirty... is what the Holy Spirit brings to us. Yes, that and dirty liar Satan condemns. Which brings um, fear, yeah. guilt, and shame. But conviction that is brought by the Holy Spirit gives us freedom and forgiveness. Yeah. Because of forgiveness, I should say, it gives us freedom. And I think, uh, I mean, some people may not know how to tell the difference between the two or how to, I hate to use the word feel, but how to feel the difference mm -hmm. between these two. A, a con condemnation always, always is shaming. It's always, you know, you did this, you're an idiot. God can't forgive you. God don't love you. Or this person won't forgive you. You're an idiot. You know, it just, it shames you. Mm -hmm. It condemns you into a life of, um, puts you like in a cage. Mm -hmm. Whereas when the Holy Spirit convicts you, it's, it's like, um, it's a prodding of the heart. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's like, Ooh, I shouldn't have said that. Or man, I feel bad cause I got angry mm -hmm. like that. And it's, it's kind of like, instead of putting you into condemnation, it, it prompts you to confess, to confess it and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. So condemnation drives you away from God. Well, conviction actually draws you to Christ. That's perfect. It does. So conviction when you feel that the Holy Spirit draws you to Christ, you're like, oh, God, forgive me for that anger or forgive me for saying that. And then if you offended somebody else or did something to somebody, you talk to them about it, too. Yeah, you want to make amends. Now, remember, Jesus didn't come to the come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. And that's found in John 12, 47. Yeah. So there's a big difference. The, the thing is, though, and why we're talking about it is because it is so common uh, among Christians and among moi, mm -hmm. us, Satan uses self-condemnation in such a way. He's so expert at lying and accusing. Accusing. Yeah, he's That's the accuser. Who he is. He's the accuser. Yeah. And he's so expert at it that many, including us, easily can fall prey to it easily and not know that you're condemning yourself or putting yourself in a position of self-condemnation. Now, when you do that, it's a lot more than just feeling condemned or, oh, I got to get out of this or, or Lord, forgive me for self-condemnation. When you do that, it actually takes your belief system away from the truth of the scripture. Mm -hmm. See, Christ, when he died for our sins and all the work on the cross, and he took all our sins and all our actions, past, present, and future, when we condemn ourselves, we're saying, I believe the Bible, I believe all this stuff, I, I believe all this, but it's not for me. But not for me. I can't believe for me. And so what you do is you, you can't negate the work of Christ, but you negate it for your life. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you open up a platform for the accusers to come and have a heyday with you. Mm -hmm. And so they can just keep accusing you and keep you in self-condemnation and self-pity, worthlessness, and just beat the heck out of you for as long as they do until you go, that's a lie. And uh, it takes faith 
It takes faith. It's the same kind of faith you have when you came to salvation. It's the same kind of faith. The faith's not any different. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for your eternal salvation. That's right. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, shall not but perish. have eternal life. Right. Have eternal life. And it's that same faith. It's not a different faith that says what I just did or what I said or the bad thoughts I'm thinking right now towards my dogs barking at the other neighborhood dogs as I try to record a show. Those bad thoughts. It's that same <laughs> faith that says I give it to Christ. And, um, you know, don't, don't let my anger well up, you know, type of thing. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So what is condemnation? Well, condemnation comes from Satan and is meant to tear you down. Condemnation continually points out what a failure you are and how badly you've messed up. And it's showing you the problem, but avoiding the solution. Whereas with conviction, God shows you the problem and gives you a solution. Right? Mm, I like that. Jesus yep. did not come to condemn the world, as I said in John 12, 47. And there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ, which is in Romans 8, 1. And Satan, on the other hand, is known for accusing the brethren. And we can find that scripture in Revelation 12, 10. So why won't you ever hear God telling you what a failure you are? Because Jesus said, I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, what is conviction? Conviction is known in the Bible as godly sorrow. God's word tells us that godly sorrow is what leads us to repentance, Romans 2, 4. And condemnation tells you, you are such a failure. Mm -hmm. Look at what you did. Well, conviction tells you, come to me and I will forgive you. Not only is God willing to forgive your sins, but he longs deeply desires to also do so. Isaiah 38, uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah 30, 18 says, therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you and therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice and how blessed are all those who long for him. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. And Romans 2, 4 says, O despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance? Conviction shows you the re answer to your problem. Conviction shows you the blood of Jesus that wipes away your sins. So the difference is that conviction shows you the answer, that the blood of Jesus was washes away the sin, while condemnation shows you the problem, the sin and the past of the past and your failures. And condemnation shouts, your past, your sins, you're a loser. But conviction shouts, oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes away all your sins. Come to Jesus and be forgiven of all your sins because you can be forgiven and your sins and your past don't have to be a part of you anymore. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it sounds easy to do except when you're under it, it's, it's a little harder. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to remember. So you really, you have to have these scriptures. You have to have the word in you. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my I know what that what the, the the difference between condemnation and conviction is. Yeah, how to tell the difference mm -hmm. what you're feeling. And one of uh, one of my favorites that's become one of my favorites is uh, the Romans eight one. You know, there's no condemnation now to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk 
after the spirit, not after the flesh, right? Mm -hmm. It's conditional. If you walk after the flesh, well, yeah, you've, you've condemned yourself because you're living in sin. But that's become one of my favorites is there's no condemnation there in Christ Jesus. That's a character thing for Christ. So it's not, that's not just something Paul wrote. No, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. What I, I, the scripture that comes to mind is when Jesus says, come all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when you carry the burden of guilt and condemnation, it's a heavy burden to carry. Oh, it is. But when you receive Christ's forgiveness and he cleanses you from sin, it, it really does lift a big weight off your, off your shoulders. And that's what Jesus Christ came to do. Well, let's look at... Um, Let's look at this a little deeper. Okay. All right. So what's what? I mean, someone might say, "What's wrong with self condemnation? Isn't that kind of good to condemn myself so that way I don't keep sinning?" You know, and and I would I draw closer to Christ because I, you know, I'm an idiot and I shouldn't do that again. I mean, what's wrong with it, right? Yeah. Well, then you have to ask yourself: um, Are you trying to pay the price that Christ had already paid? And I think that's the big that's the big problem with it. That's what I tried to say earlier is that it's a lot more than, oh, I, I condemned myself. I felt, you know, Satan lead me astray in these thoughts. Lord, forgive me. It's a bigger thing than that because what you're actually doing is you're saying that the work of the cross is not applying to your situation. Right. See, and Jesus said, it is finished. That means the work that he did on the cross covers all. Every sin, mm -hmm. except the actual rejection of his forgiveness. Sure. Yeah. So what happens, the first thing that's wrong with self-condemnation, number one, is you're trying to pay the price Christ already paid mm -hmm. by condemning yourself and feeling guilty about stuff. And this is something where you do have to cast all your cares onto the Lord. This really is something you do have to cast away and give to him. And sometimes you do really feel bad about things, mm -hmm. but it doesn't do you any good or the other person any good, or it doesn't do your Christian walk any good yeah. to be in this position. And, you know, one, for one thing, it's it's okay to have remorse for what you did. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's a good thing. But what's not good or healthy is if you keep it and you try to try, try to make amends within yourself, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So. Beat yourself up over and over and over again. So we would never tell someone they should condemn themselves. Mm -hmm. we'd, we'd never say, hey, you know, you you know, you should condemn yourself. Um, such self-talk is good for them and they deserve it. Yeah. But um, sometimes we, we don't make that same argument for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can see it in other people, but you can't see it in ourselves. So when we wish the sadness would just go away... We kind of murmur to ourselves that we deserve it. Maybe I, you know. It's like that toothache or that loose yeah. tooth that you have and you want to keep chewing on Yeah, it. you know, maybe I deserve mm -hmm. to be where I'm at and what I do. And it's almost as if we believe that self-condemnation helps pay the price for the sin. Mm -hmm. We make it more forgivable by suffering for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I'm paying the price for it. So when you believe that, you're saying that Christ's sacrifice was not enough. Now, that's pretty heavy. Yep. And that's not true, because yeah. if you have faith in the Lord Jesus, then the price for each of your sins, future, present, and past, was already paid for. Jesus Christ fully atoned for your sins on the cross. 
so that you don't have to. And because of his atonement, you received his righteousness by faith so that you can stand blameless before the holy God. In 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now this is a really good scripture to hold on to mm-hmm. if um, you have problem with um, condemnation. So when you attempt to punish yourself or atone for your own sins with self-condemnation, you only diminish Christ's atonement in your own eyes. Yeah, and that's no good. It never leads to a good place. And that's exactly what Satan, what the accuser, that's where he wants you. That's right. Up against the rope. So that's number one. You're trying to pay the price that Christ already paid. Uh, number two is... You're believing a lie rather than the truth of God's word. And this is heavy too. This is just as heavy as... Um, not accepting the price that Christ already paid. You're you're saying God's word is true, but it's not true for me in this particular mm-hmm. circumstance. Yes, self-condemnation often rains down lies that you're worthless and unforgivable. But we know that God's word says otherwise. It says you have worth because you are made in the image of God, which is found in Genesis 1.26 and 9.6. It says that God has loved you despite your rebellion, 1 John 4.10, and it says that you are given, forgiven as God's child, 1 John 1, 9. And it says that the Holy Spirit enables you to obey and glorify God, which is in Romans 8, 12 through 14. So even with all that, sometimes we choose to listen to the lies rather than God's truth. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why that happens. It's a demon. It's Satan. It's an accuser in your ear telling you these things. Believe me, you might think, oh, I just, it's my sinful nature. I just thought of this stuff. And it could be, they could play with it. But the demons, they're they're the tricksters. They're the the deceivers. They're doing everything in their power to derail you. Now, they cannot negate your salvation. They can't take that away. They can't take any of that away. But what they could do is take away your belief in that, Mm -hmm. your confidence in it. They can derail your walk as a Christian. They can't take away your Christianity or your salvation, but they can derail you, make you ineffective, and basically torment you, yeah. persecute you. That, that's, that's the whole thing. So when you have these thoughts, don't always think, oh, that's just me. You know, these, these are spiritual things that have to be fought with spiritual principles. Mm-hmm. We don't fight against flesh and blood. That's right. These are principalities. These are powers. These are unseen rulers in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. They're wicked. Yeah, they're spirits of darkness. Exactly. Blech. So when we choose to listen to those lies rather than God's truth, we are listening to demonic lies. It's not just a thing. It's not just, oh, well, my head, I shouldn't have, you know, listen to myself. It's not that. You actually are being deceived there. Mm-hmm. Uh, though we claim to believe the Bible to be inerrant, in, in our self-condemnation, we slam the Bible shut. We put it on a shelf and basically we say, that is not true. And that's exactly what Satan, the father of lies, wants. We talked about this last week when someone says, um, I believe in the word. I believe in the process of Christ. I believe in his atonement. I believe in his salvation. I believe in his healing, his deliverance, whatever. But just not for me. Mm-hmm. I can't accept it for me. Uh, it's the same thing. It's a demonic lie that you're buying into. That lie is saying that because that's absolutely not true. Everything that we need, and this this is a concept that I just recently had a revisit for myself. 
because in, in 2006, when I, when I, uh, when I came back to the Lord, this was like just part of my belief system, which says everything that's been done for me has already been done for the cross. Um, in other words, when Satan comes to attack, I'm not looking for Jesus to come out of the sidelines and tackle Satan for me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it through the power that Jesus gave me. He, he, gave me, he delegated to me all authority over scorpions and serpents. Mm -hmm. He said, lay hands on the sick, raise the dead, um, speak in uh, a new language and cast out demons, mm -hmm. drive them out. He didn't say, pray about those things and then I'll come and do it. He didn't say, just read about it in my word, and then I'll come and do it. He said, you do it. Mm -hmm. In 2006, I knew that very strongly. Uh, in fact, we were attending a church, and they had a, a little play, a little skit. And in this skit, uh, there was some young men there, and this one young man was being um, harassed or tempted by Satan in, right. this, in this skit. And all of a sudden, uh, another character like Jesus came out of the sidelines and tackled Satan, mm -hmm. just tackled him and uh, saved this kid from that temptation and from that torment. And I remember seeing that play at church thinking, that's not the way it is. Um, Jesus doesn't come out of nowhere and tackle Satan. You do it. Right. Uh, in another case, a few years later, we, uh, Linda and I were at a Bible study and the pastor was teaching on uh, David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. Remember this? Yeah. And he said, he said, he told, he told us, he told the congregation, you're not David. You're not David. Fighting facing, Goliath. Yeah. <laughs> Goliath is like Satan, the evil demons, wickedness, right? That's what Goliath is. He's the giant. But you're not David. Mm -mm. You're Jonathan. Mm -hmm. Jesus is David. You're Jonathan, and Jonathan loved David. So you're Jonathan loving Jesus, loving Jesus while Jesus fights the giant for you. Yes. And, and we sat in this Bible study listening to this going, that's totally wrong. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's pretty much heresy. Mm -hmm. uh, that's never the case. You are David. You're David. God is giving you the power to fight Goliath. He's, right. he's delegated to you. Just like David and Goliath, Goliath... <laughs> This uncircumcised Philistine was taunting the children of Israel for weeks. God could have come down at any time and struck him with lightning, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. He delegated that authority, that ability to his servant David. He had another purpose. Okay, so it's the same thing. We're not Jonathan loving David. It was so stupid about that, I just realized. Jonathan wasn't even in the picture at that time. Jonathan yeah, didn't come true. in the picture till way later. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's what he was teaching. But, but that, that kind of teaching comes out of fear. They don't want to face the giant. They want Jesus to face the giant. They want Jesus to do everything. They don't want to face it themselves. They got to buck up. They got to strap up. They got to gird their loins with what? Truth? truth. Gird your loins with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, dang it. Mm -hmm. Get your shield of faith above all that just, def just to deflect those wiles. 
Get your 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 helmet of uh, salvation on. Get your gospel shoes going, and get your sword of the spirit, and stand. Mm-hmm. Take a stand. That's what we have to do. And pray. And pray. And pray unceasingly. That's what we have to do. God has given us authority over this. So, um, we don't want to give way to the demonic lies. No. We want to fill our heart with God's word, the true word, and we have to trust Him. Mm-hmm. But we do have to realize. We have the authority to fight the battles. That's That's what we have to do. Self-condemnation restricts you from doing that. Self-condemnation takes away your ability to fight properly. That's right. Right, Ms. Capel? That's right. That's right. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. Okay, what's uh, number three on this? The other um, point we'd like to make is that focusing on yourself rather than fixing your eyes on Christ Sometimes we believe that our self-condemnation is a good sign of humility. No, it's not. um, Like you might say, I'm humbly recognizing myself as a sinner. Mm, That's not true. True humility looks nothing like self-condemnation. Self-condemnation does the opposite of humility. Humility turns our focus outward unto God and to others. But self-condemnation turns us inward. And it is self-centered. It keeps us from concentrating on God and serving others because we are gazing at ourselves. Well, that's true. I mean, instead of, yeah, looking at ourselves. I'm going to tell another church story. Okay. A better one. I like your church story. I I I told two negative church stories in my past. I'm going to tell a positive church story uh, for my current life. Hmm. Okay? Uh Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, I'm at church on Sunday morning. This show airs on Monday, but I'm on church at church Sunday morning. And um, I don't, I'm not feeling um, condemnation or anything like that, but I'm feeling um, burdened mm-hmm. uh, because there's some stuff going on that I feel is pretty heavy in my life. And um, <laughs> I was, I was uh, they were doing the worship service and they, I forgot what song... They were singing, but it was, you know, one of these happy, you know, happy, clappy worship songs. And in the video of the song uh, and the PowerPoint or whatever the video is, all these pictures of these people and they're smiling. They're all smiling. And um, I forget what the refrain is, but they're they're just singing la, 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 or whatever to the Lord. And uh, I'm looking at these pictures. I'm going, look at all these these happy pictures of all these, you know, happy Christians uh, singing this happy song. And I just don't feel it. I'm not feeling 
um, and I don't like the word feeling because I, I don't like going by feelings anyway, but I'm not, uh, you know, joy. I don't feel joyous, but it's more, it's more than joy. It's like, there's a piece that's lacking, you know, um, uh, a piece, that confident piece you have. I, I, it's like, I don't quite have that. So I'm, I'm with these, this church body, but I'm kind of like feel out it's of it. Yeah. Connected. But yet I'm looking at all the people around me and I'm going, I know all these people are screwed up like me. Mm-hmm. I know all these people have problems. They have physical ailments. They have spiritual ailments. They have financial ailments. They have mental ailments. They have family ailments. None of these people are just, oh, I'm right with Jesus. Everything's great. Because it's not like the Christian walk's not like that, number one. Um, it's, 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 we overcome these trials and testings. The proving ground is down here. Um, I think the closer you get to God, the more you get proved (laughs) where it changes, it changes dynamics where it's like, holy moly, I wish I could just go back to being a newbie, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, but I was looking around the the Congress, I was looking at these, uh, everybody else around me and I was like, man, you know, I don't know this dude, but I bet you he's, he was, he's got problems. I bet, I don't know this, but I bet you, right? Well, right in front of me is this couple and I'm going to tell you. Elderly couple. Elderly couple right in front of me. And the man is sitting down right in front of me. Everybody's standing up during this worship service. And he's sitting down right in front of me. Uh, I can't clap my hands to the song because his head's right there, Mm -hmm. right? And um, to the left is his wife. And she's just standing up with her hands up in the air. And she is just singing this song with all gusto. She's just worshiping the Lord Mm -hmm. with all her might. She's just going for it, right? Now, I'm sitting there watching this kind of focused like what Ms. Kapow just said. You're focusing on yourself rather than fixing your eyes on Christ. I focused on myself and all the all the things that are going on with me, mm-hmm. right? And how I don't quite feel the joy. I can't really get into this. So I really can't worship God freely because, you know, this this trial I'm going through. So I'm watching this lady and she's just going for the, the praise, right? And her husband's sitting down right in front of me, barely moving. Now, the first thing I think of, if I didn't know better, and I wanted to be critical, I would just make all kinds of judgment calls on this guy. Why isn't he standing up? Maybe he's not a real Christian. Maybe he's not standing up because, well, his, his wife's a Christian, drags him to church, but he really don't want to be here. And maybe he's just lazy. Maybe he's half asleep. Maybe he's mad. Maybe, you know, who knows? I don't know why he's sitting down, but he's not participating. And then I can make a judgment call on her. Maybe she's just one of those happy, clappy Christians who just Mm -hmm. everything's fine and nothing happens. And that's why she's like that. And I can't, I wish I was like that, but you can make all kinds of judgment calls on people. Right. Mm -hmm. But as, as here's what my thought process was going on with, I, while I was doing that, I, here's the problem. I knew their story because I had talked to them before the service. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. The reason why he wasn't standing up is because he has stage four lung cancer. Mm -hmm. He's a beautiful man who loves the Lord. You can see it all in his face. He's full of the grace of the Holy Ghost, but he has stage four lung cancer from Vietnam, Mm -hmm. from the chemicals that were used in the war. And his wife... She's standing there praising the Lord, worshiping. Well, before the service, she was telling me how 
she goes, oh, you got to see our calendar every day. It's doctors this, we're running here, we're doing this, we're doing that. She goes, uh, oh, because we were talking about a Wednesday night Bible study. She goes, I would love to go. She goes, but by the time I get home and I got to take care of my husband who has stage four cancer. She's tired. She goes, I'm wore out. I can't do any of that. And blah, blah, blah. So I knew their story. So here they are in front of me and I'm back here focused on myself. And I'm thinking, holy moly, look at this woman. He can't get up. He's sick. But look at her. She's praising the Lord anyway, regardless. Boy, what an example that was for me. Mm -hmm. What an example that was for me. So I immediately said, I walked out, I got myself a cup of coffee, and I hung out in the, in the lobby and read. No, I just, just teasing. Oh, no. <laughs> I did not. But no, I learned a lesson for that. I went, wow. And I just went, yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't know what people go through, what their narrative and stuff. But I, I tell that story because it's a good church story. I tell a lot of bad church stories. That's a good church story. Um, that you don't know what people are going through and what they're what, what 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 they're happening, but the thing is, I saw this lady and I saw this man, and they weren't focused on themselves. They the were there yet. to worship the Lord, <sighs> yeah, and be yeah. with other believers. Yeah, so I kind of felt like a smacked ass, and so I started condemning myself. And so now, as I did the show, I got condemnation. Thanks, I got condemnation now. No, forget it. Good. I'm I'm out of here. I just did a mic drop. No, no. No, I didn't. But see, that's the difference. That's a good example of conviction. I didn't feel self-condemnation, but the Lord, I had a quickening, like mm -hmm. Paul. Which Check this out. Yeah. Check this out. You have it this bad? No. Then yeah. buck up, my friend. Put on your belt of truth. Buck up. Mm -hmm. Start singing the song. And I did. And I sang it very well, by the way. You did. I had a nice tenor voice. Did you hear that? I thought you sounded pretty. Go for it, Jerry. Give me the next, uh, you're focusing on yourself rather than fixing your eyes on Christ. You, you just talked about humility, that uh, self-condemnation does the opposite of humility. Mm -hmm. So therefore, keep on concentrating on God and serving others because we are gazing at ourselves. Freedom from self-condemnation starts with repentance, mm -hmm. changing our direction. We trust Christ's sufficiency for our atonement, and we believe God's word, and we turn our focus Outward. I would take it this a step further too, though. We turn our focus outward, just kind of like the story I told. It's instead of thinking about me and everything I'm going through, I started looking at other people, and it really did help. A matter of fact, and I'm not saying this because she's sitting here next to me, but the man sitting in front of me, his name was Gene, mm -hmm. with a stage four cancer. You know, during one of the worship songs or something, we we're standing up. I saw Linda take her little hand. And put it on the man's back and pray for him. Um, doing stuff like that takes your focus off yourself and on other people's needs. And it really, it really does make a difference. It's, it's weird because you're going through all this stuff yourself. And the last thing you want to do is pray for other people's problems. But when you do that, I don't know, it just seems to, I don't know, it helps. It does. You know, it helps take your focus. And so, um, you know, I saw her praying for him. I was praying for him during the service and stuff, too. And then when we had a little break and we could talk, I was talking to him a little bit more and, you know, just kind of loving on him and stuff. Mm -hmm. Finding out his story, his narrative. But so I would say this, you know, it's like what Miss Cabal just says. We believe God's word and we turn our focus outward, right, instead of inward. But I would take it a step, step forward. You not only turn it outward horizontally, 
but you have to turn it vertically. Towards God. Towards God. And in fact, that's even more important. When you turn it vertically to God, then your horizontal will be mm-hmm. uh, squared away. That's right. Type of thing. You're so absolutely right. So you know when you when you're gazing from your inward, gaze upward, and then you can gaze outward. Absolutely, absolutely right. That just is... a little Ecclesiastics for you. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just I'm just you know what? I, it's word. I'm just speaking it's the word. word. Basically, you're preaching to yourself. Exactly. We must make it a practice of preaching the gospel to ourselves. And so whenever those self-condemning thoughts and voices begin, shut them up with the gospel and say this, I am forgiven by God. He has paid the price. I trust in his atonement and he still loves me. And isn't that true? When these things lie, really, when they come and lie to you, Ms. Kapow, I hear you all, all the time the going, time. I'm saved. I'm sealed. I'm delivered. I'm washed in the blood. I'm washed in the blood. Jesus does love me. Mm-hmm. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I am going to heaven. Uh, because these these thoughts are coming to her head, telling her the opposite. Yeah. And so she has to fight these off. Mm-hmm. They're and they're not coming from her head. They're coming from an outside source, a demonic outside source. I don't want to him. I know. I've <laughs> known Miss. I've been married for thirty years to this woman. I've known her forty. But I've been married 30 years to her. We have been following God wholeheartedly to the best of our ability for the last 13 years of our marriage. And I've never known this woman to ever doubt her salvation, ever doubt her standing with God, ever doubt any of that until recently. And it's a demonic since May, since uh, May 1st, to be exact. Um, Beltane days for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see. And um, and that demonic lie, those demonic whispers have been with her since May 1st. And uh, it's morphed and taken all kinds of steps as if it's going on five months. And we are having a hard time getting rid of this thing. Mm-hmm. And it wakes her up in the middle of the night. It whispers in her ear. It lies to her. It shocks her with fear. Literal, literally shocked, you know, awake. Mm-hmm. There are times it just will not let her sleep. Her body's so tired she could barely st- keep her eyes open. She's just could barely talk. But that thing charges the central nervous system like an electric eel and just puts all these demonic thoughts in her head. And every demonic thought, uh, and this is true, it leads to one place. Condemnation. 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 And that's why we're doing this teaching. We're trying to help somebody else. And hopefully... <laughs> Other people don't don't have what we've been experiencing to this yeah. extent, mm-hmm. um, but it's still a lie from Satan. Right. Um, once once we get a handle on this and overcome this through the blood of Jesus Christ, um, there's no like regular lie from your head that you know she shouldn't be able to handle. Yeah, no, this is <laughs> this is totally different. It is than anything I've ever experienced. But the truth of the matter is, if you've asked for forgiveness and you have repented of your sins, there is nothing, nothing left for you to do for your salvation. Jesus paid it all, all of it. And you can rest in peace that Christ has already worked between you and God. That's a big thing. You know, like with us, you know, you have to look, what do we need to do? What, what can we do? And we've done that. And all that stuff is good to make sure you don't have sin in your life. Mm-hmm. to make sure you don't have hidden sin that maybe you, you, you're unconfessed sin that you don't even know about or you just like kind of swept under. That's important. Um, 
we've analyzed cursed objects in the house. Yeah, we don't. Um, have I'm telling you what, we put oil on on all our property. We put on every single window seal, inside and out, probably a couple of times. You know, we've used oil in the house. We've used incense in the house. Um, uh, I can't tell you all the stuff. Uh, we've we've hung scriptures on. <laughs> <laughs> mantles, lentils, I don't know. I mean, we've done all the spiritual warfare 101 stuff that you that you get from, you know what we wrote in our book, Demons in Our Marriage Bed? All of that. We do all of that. And this is this is quite unusual. It's, it's quite, we're having a hard time um, getting this thing off. And um, some days are better than other days. Some is worse. Now, I will tell you this, I think... My opinion, it's getting better, but it's getting better very slowly and incrementally, and we're not seeing big, big jumps. And sometimes we have some bad nights, and some nights um, are not so bad. Yeah. Um, but we probably really have not slept uh, a full night for five five months. Um, and some nights, some nights have been so bad we won't even talk about it. No, because <laughs> it's not going to be edifying. But anyway, um, the the whole thing is. Is yeah, that scripture. It, having scripture memorized is very, very um, beneficial. Beneficial because when you're squeezed, something has to come out, and if you don't have that in you, nothing's going to come out. Mm-hmm. So you're like a sponge filled with water, and when you when you squeeze that sponge, if it's filled with water, if it's filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the the Word, it's going to come out. But if it's dry, there's nothing going to be there, that's and uh, that's what you need. So. I know there's some denominations and there's some Christian churches that don't believe in the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in speaking in tongues. They don't believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit for power and witness and endued with power. And I think that's a shame because when you're squeezed, that's what you need. Right. Now, Ms. Kapow and I are filled with the Holy Ghost. We are tongue talkers. We're endowed with power for witness. And we're still having problems. I can't imagine somebody who who does not believe in the holy spirit having these kind of problems because i don't know how in the world they would they would, would they would deal with it uh, it's unbelievable yeah so what you want to do is hide god's word in your heart so when you're being tempted to condemn yourself with those worthless thoughts the holy spirit can bring god's word to mind so that you can fight them off and that's in uh, john 14 26 mm-hmm. so hide god's word in your heart by memorizing it um, like we say, pin it on your walls, study daily, it, you know, read it and stuff like that. And, um, and, and just as uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he fought the lies with God's truth. And you can read that in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Yeah, and then um, you need to take the focus off yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and look up. Look up. Towards, to, to God. Look up to God. Um, when um, self-condemnation begins, focus on God and His greatness and who He is, who you are in Him, and um, how He sees you. And, uh, you know, you can say, yes, Lord, I, I am a sinner saved by grace, and you are my Savior. And when I am weak, God is strong. So these are all things, you know, like in uh, Philippians, you know, 4.8, where it says, mm-hmm. on these things, whatever is just, true, righteous, mm-hmm. you know, pure, lovely of good report. Those are the things that you need to be thinking on. And then start looking around and seeing who else you can serve. 
when you do that, it's like, yeah, it's like sometimes the best remedy uh, for this self-condemnation or the sadness or, you know, depression is like serving others. It really is. Uh, there was a, a few months ago, we, have, we haven't had to do this in a while, but a few months ago, the lies coming to Ms. Kapow were so strong about where she stood with God that, um, remember, we had to do top-down scriptures. I called it top-down. And we, we uh, looked at all the scriptures that how God viewed her. Um, not how you worship God and how you view God, but how God views his creation. Really beautiful stuff really beautiful to, stuff. to get into that. And that, um, um, <laughs> when you're not fighting a strong demonic demon that actually takes over your thought process, it's a beautiful thing, but you need that kind of stuff to, to know who you really are. Um, otherwise they're just going to rake you over the coals because mm-hmm. you don't know who you are in Christ. So. When I say doctrine, I don't mean church doctrine or denominational doctrine. I mean real biblical teaching, the Word of God, those kind of things, how God views you, who you are in Christ. Those those kind of things in you are, are vital to fight self-condemnation and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right? The other thing is to look for help. You know, one thing, um, you, you ask God. You always ask the Lord. And... Um, Ask him to help you, and he will help you um, in Christ through the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit that lives in you—that's the power of God living in you, working in you, leading you into truth, giving you the power, the authority to fight these things. So when you start hearing those voices, pray for God's help to be obedient, to trust God's work for you on the cross, believe God's word, and turn your focus outward. And the other thing too is don't be afraid to ask people that um, mm-hmm. that are praying. You know, other Christians ask them, you know, what they did, how they've um, combated this um, problem with self-condemnation. Ask them to pray with you, you know, and have like a little buddy system, you know, someone that you can contact to pray with you, to help you with scripture and to encourage you in Christ. Yeah, important. It is vital. I mean, to have Christians. We were... um, you know, here we have, and I know that they're going to listen to this show because they listen to it, but our, we have good friends, John and Janie. John and Janie. We call them John Janie. Yeah, we call them John Janie. One word, John Janie. Uh, but they were they were vital to have people that you know um, that are Christians to go. Um, in fact, they were like the first people. I think they were the only people we told what was going on. And I don't even, I don't even remember how that happened, to tell you the truth. Um, I, I think we asked for prayer. And, and they were praying for us, but then I wrote I wrote John an extensive email about what was going on. Mm. Uh, I believe uh, I, I even forget because we, we've been through this, we've been going through this daily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, for and months. I haven't been sleeping, so I can't remember. Yeah, what I've done this morning. Neither. But the point is, is that it was vital to get people to to help pray in the correct way for you and, and just support you. And of course, these people, beautiful, you know, they, they've opened up their home and offered, you know, you come over, you can drink coffee, you can hang out, you can do all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. And um, thank you. And, thank you. And I haven't taken advantage of that because once I go to their beautiful home, I'll probably never leave. Yeah. I'll just <laughs> hang out there and do radio shows from there. And then they'll go, why? Why, Lord? Get rid of them. But thank you, John. Uh, John Janey, one word. Um, and then, you know, we had a lot of uh, people online. Uh, that we know and other friends, you know, through emails and stuff that we know. And now um, through through going back into a church, a spirit filled church, 
um, God has, has really miraculously given us a lot of favor quickly with people that have um, it kind of embraced our, uh, our, our need, our issue here. And so we have, we have some people that, you know, we could talk to and kind of, you know, go through and stuff. And, you know, and it was kind of like, I've been like Elijah, where even in this kind of a weird drought, I mean, God has fed me um, through these ravens, through these, um, um, I, I'm telling you, and I'm not going to mention their names because I'm not going to get anybody going in any direction, but he has actually fed me through preachers and pastors that I would have never never listened to <laughs> in the past i would have i would have just wrote them off i would have never listened to them i would have said oh this guy has nothing to say to for me and i'm telling just one particular guy that i would have you in a million years if i told you you would say no way brother mm -hmm. kapow no way um every time i listen to this guy i get fed it's almost like he knows exactly what I'm going through. And those his sermons really minister to me. It's incredible. So that it's important. Ask for help. Seek help. Ask for help. Not only for Christ, but for other people, the body of Christ. Self-condemnation is, is, is no easy thing to just ignore and slough off. It is a tool of Satan. And Satan, would he'll take that to its limit, He'll, he'll, he'll enclose you in a self-condemning little cage and um, just beat you up. Even though you have all the authority and all the freedom in Christ, if he can get you to think that you don't, duh, he's got it. Yeah. So if you do think of us, give us, um, please pray for us. We would appreciate it very much. We need it. Yeah. We need, uh, we need some prayers. All right. Anything else, Mr. Pan? That's it. You gonna say ciao? Ciao, babies. Oh, that's not a good way to say it. You gotta say it with gusto. Ciao, babies.